Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today, the 6th of February, the fourth Sunday before Lent. Our service today comes live from Drung Church. It was recorded at the end of uh, January where we were looking at Genesis chapter 14 and we saw how when God has helped you, you are able to help others. As Abraham was helped by God, he was then able to help uh, his nephew Lot. So I'm going to hand over to Drung Church now and we'll find out more there. It's on page 10 in the Bibles, Revelation, sorry, Genesis chapter 14 and verses 1 to 16. Genesis 14 verses 1 to 16 on page 10 in the Church Bibles. And children, I'd like you to listen out a hard question. How many times do you hear God in this reading? How many times do you hear the name God? in this reading, Genesis 14. Lots of funny names of lots of old kings, historical kings, and a a big battle that happens. Uh, Listen out for how many times God is mentioned. In the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elasa, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidil, king of Goim, these kings made war with Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shemiba, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor. And all these joined forces in the valley of Sidim, that is the Salt Sea. Twelve years they had served Chedorlaomer, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him came and defeated the Rephaim, in Ashtaroth Karnaim, the Zuzim in Ham, the Emim in Shaveh Kiriathim, and the Horites in their hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran on the border of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to En Mishpat, that is Kadesh, and defeated all the country of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites who were dwelling in the Hazazon Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out. And they joined battle in the valley of Sidim with Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, Tidil, king of Goim, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elasa, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of bitumen pits. And as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom, and his possessions and went their way. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, the brother of Eshkol, and of Anna. These were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he divided his forces against them by night, he and his servants, and defeated them, and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus, Then he brought back all the possessions and also brought back his kinsman Lot with his possessions and the women and the people. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, how many times did you hear God mentioned in that reading? How many times did you hear God mentioned? How many was it, yeah? Zero times we heard God mentioned. And sometimes it seems like, where is God? Where is God when all of this is going on? We'll find out in our second reading where God was and what he was doing. But sometimes we wonder, don't we, where is God? And sometimes we move away from God. Lot moved away from God. We're told here he was dwelling in Sodom. He'd moved away from God. And sometimes we do that. And we're going to return to him now using the words of the confession. We're going to come back to him and say sorry for times we've wandered away from you. Let's join together in the words on page one of the service card. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Wonderfully, just as Abraham rode out in battle to rescue Lot, so the Lord Jesus came to rescue us at great danger to himself. And because he did that, I can pray with confidence. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please would you stand to join in the responses at the bottom of page two. O Lord, open our lips. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. We're going to praise his name in our all-age song. Be strong and courageous. This is something Abraham had to do. He had to be strong and courageous uh, to, fight, to, to go and rescue his nephew, Lot. Uh, Dorothy's going to help us sing this. Do not fear the darkness. Do not fear the darkness. 
Not fear the sadness. Not fear the sadness. Not fear the sickness. Please do be seated as we turn to prayer. We're going to turn to that Lord of the Ages who holds his little ones safe as we pray together using the, the words of the Lord's Prayer. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We continue in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the maker of all things. And as our second reading will tell us, you're the possessor of all things. The day and the night belong to you and you graciously give them to us, the night to rid us of the cares of the day, to refresh our weary bodies, and the day to summon us to new activities, to give us opportunity to glorify you and to serve others. But one day above all days is made especially for your honour and our good. The Lord's Day reminds us of your rest from creation, and the resurrection of our Saviour. And so we pray today that you would give us in rich abundance the blessings of the Lord's Day. May our hearts be fast bound against worldly thoughts or anxieties or cares. Please flood our minds with peace beyond understanding. And may our food be your precious word and our hearts more knit to Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord, we pray about the tension between Ukraine and Russia, and we ask for peace. We pray you would protect the vulnerable and that you would prevent Russia from invading. Please would you prevent war from breaking out for the good of all people. Lord, in your mercy. Loving Lord, this week uh, many in our community are grieving the tragic and sudden loss of Killian Boyle. We pray you would comfort his heartbroken family, his father, Michal, his mother, Maria, his sisters, Katie and Kira, and his brother, Dara, and many other family and friends who are grieving this loss. We thank you that you are near to the brokenhearted. Please draw near to this poor family in their shock, and 
in their grief, in their despair, their anger. Please, the God of all comfort, we pray, would you give them your peace that passes understanding. We pray you'd lead them to the rock that is higher than them, that they may find in the Lord Jesus a secure place to grieve. And may they find hope in the Lord Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. We also pray for all young people in our local area to look to you and find hope in you, to find that you give them purpose and meaning, and please would you drive out all hopelessness. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for any others we know grieving at the moment, and we continue to remember the family and friends of Ashling Murphy, of Mervyn Turner, of Sue Hamill, of Barbara Hunter. And we pray for any others who are suffering in any other way, remembering Jackie Crow, and pray you'd be near to him. Olive Simmons, please be close to her. And Lucy Roberts, Leon Briardy, David Riley. And in a moment of quiet, any others who we know are grieving or suffering in any way at this time. Lord Jesus, you were acquainted with grief. Please give your comfort and peace that passes understanding to those who are grieving. You patiently endured suffering. Please help those who are suffering now to patiently endure their trials, knowing that you are at work for the good of those who love you. And we ask that your good may include a sense of your presence with them, relief from pain, and restoration to former health, that they may live the rest of their lives to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And the collect for this Sunday, a special prayer for this Sunday. Creator God, who in the beginning commanded the light to shine out of darkness, we pray that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ may dispel the darkness of ignorance and unbelief, Shine into the hearts of all your people and reveal the knowledge of your glory in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We close our prayers by joining together in the uh, collect at the bottom of page four, the fourth collect, beginning Heavenly Father. Sorry, page, bottom of page five. Together we pray. Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we humbly pray that your Holy Spirit may so guide and govern us that in all the cares and occupations of our daily life we may never forget your presence but may remember that we're always walking in your sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If you'd like to look up there for our second reading and this is on page 10 in the Bibles or Genesis chapter 14 verses 17 to 24 you can see it on the service sheet. And again, children, I'd like you to count how many times you hear God in this reading, Genesis 14. So this is after the battle, after Abraham returns. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaver, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, 
possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. Let Aner, Eshkol and Mamre take their share. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many was it this time? Yep. How many? Twice? Any advance on two? Yep. Four times we heard the name God. And so this time we heard God is the one who'd given the victory. Even though it looked like he wasn't there, there was no mention of him, we're told here in verse 20, it was God who gave them the victory. Well, the grown-ups are going to think more about that, but the children in a moment are going to head out across the road to Sunday school. But just before you go, there's some announcements on the service sheet. Well, let me just interrupt to give you the up-to-date uh, announcements. And that's to say this Wednesday at 8.30, we have Christianity Explored. On Friday, we've got GFS. And then next Sunday, we'll be back at uh, Drangon um, at 11.15. Our next In Touch will be on the 17th of February. And our next uh, Confirmation Prep and Teens for Christ will be on the 18th of February um, at 7.30. Do make sure you're encouraging the teenagers to come to church. Uh, not only do they need to come, um, it's so good for them. And we've just seen so much so much bad news recently for, for teenagers. We, we want to be there to help them as much as we can. So do encourage them to come along as well. Um, now it's time for the children to go across the road. So I'm going to pray for the children as they head across the road. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray for them. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the children here today and for their leaders. And we pray you bless them as they head across to Sunday school now. Keep them safe and encourage them from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if, uh, if, let's all stand and that the young people can head out and we'll affirm our faith together in the words of the creed. So on uh, page three of the service card, we'll affirm our faith together. Together we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and their life everlasting. Amen. Well, please do be seated, and uh, we're going to pray for God's help as we look at his word together. Lord God, our Father, as we look at this list of kings from ancient times, we pray you'd speak to us and show us your king the King of Righteousness and the King of Peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
If you've ever flown anywhere, you'll know that there's a sort of safety announcement before the plane takes off. And I don't know what you do in that. Do you, do you shut off? Do you switch off? Please, please don't do that now. But uh, you know, they say if the cabin loses pressure, uh, if there's a loss of oxygen, the mask will come down and you're to fit it. And you're to fit it to yourself first before fitting it to others, before you help others. And I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? You need to help yourself first before you can help others, because if you can't breathe, you'll be no help to anyone and you'll just become another uh, victim or, or casualty. You need to help yourself before you help others. Sometimes we take this a step further in, in life as we're thinking about who to help uh, and we think not only, not only on, the, on the plane but at other times. Maybe we think, well, does this person deserve my help? Uh, maybe not on the plane but at other places. Do they deserve my help? Or have they got themselves into this trouble? Maybe you think, well, they've got themselves, they've made their bed, they need to lie in it. They've got themselves into this trouble, they can get themselves out. And sometimes we ask, well, can I help without risk to myself? If I get involved, will I get hurt? Will I get damaged? Will my reputation suffer by, by helping? But other times you see people who just dive in and help. Do you remember David Walsh? It was uh, 2016, that tragedy in Bunkrana when the car slipped into Loch Swilly and he stripped off down to his boxes and he dived in and he rescued a baby from that car that was sinking. He didn't think, are they worthy of my help? He didn't think about the danger to himself but he just dived in and he rescued that child and brought her back to safety. Well, what about Abram? Because his nephew, Lot, has got himself into big trouble. It is an international battle that he's got caught up in between all these kings. There were basically uh, these four kings from the east who were these powerful kings in Iran, Iraq area, and these five kings from the west, from near Israel. And they've had a bit of a clash. And Lot has got caught up in it all. Because do you remember Lot had moved down to Sodom? And he's got caught up in this battle. It seems that these five kings in the, in the west, they'd got fed up of paying taxes to the ones in the east. Do you see in verse 4, we're told 12 years they'd served Chedorlaomer, but in the 13th year they rebelled. They said, that's enough. I've had enough paying tax. Do you ever feel like that? That's how they felt. They said, no, no more tax. But it was a foolish decision to make because these ones from the east were powerful kings and they rode in, they destroyed everyone on their way and then we're told that they, they wiped out the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah so much so that they had to flee in verse 10 and they either fall into or they hide in these pits, these bitumen pits and the rest flee to the hill country. But why are we being told all of this? Why are we hearing about these kings we wouldn't have heard about these kings had Lot not got caught up in it. But you see, Lot, he's Abraham's nephew. This is God's family. And Lot is caught up, we're told uh, in verse 12. They also took Lot, the son of Abraham's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom and his possessions. So Lot is caught up in this battle and that's why we've heard about it and that's why we're being told about it. We're being told about these superpowers of the day who we otherwise would never have heard about because God's family has got caught up in this battle. Abraham's family. And I find that strangely encouraging because you and I, and I hope 
really, we don't make the RTE news. <laughs> it's generally not good if you're, if you're making that, is it? But even though we might not make that, we might not make the supernatural, the, the, the superpowers, the international affairs, God's mind is always on where his people are. People like Lot caught up in trouble. You see, uh, providence, God's providence, he's in control. He causes one of, them, one of the men to escape, verse 13, and they come and they tell Abram that his nephew Lot has been taken. What will Abram do? I mean, Abram, we know at this point he's over 75. We don't know how many years over 75, but he's definitely over 75. That was the last birthday we were told about. He's 75. What's he going to do? These kings from the east, they're powerful. They've just wiped out five from the west. What's he going to do? He could say to himself, look, Lot got himself into this mess. Lot can get himself out of this mess. I'm not messing with them. He could have said, Lot's made his bed, he's got a lie in it. He could have said, no, this is too dangerous for me. I'm over 75, I've retired. I'm not going to get up on my horse and ride out to battle. Those kings are powerful. But no, do you see what he's like? He's like David Walsh, who just dived into the water, not thinking about how deserving or undeserving the people were, not thinking about the risk to himself. He just got in and he went. Verse 14, we're told... When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men. He jumps on his horse and he rides out into battle. 318 men went with him. These were the ones born in his house, servants of Abram. Off they go to battle against these four mighty kings. What a change in Abram from that. Do you remember we saw a couple of weeks ago what a cowardly husband he was as famine hit and they went down to Egypt and uh, he said to his wife Sarai that she was to lie and say that she was his sister and not his wife because he was frightened that the men there would want her to be their wife and they'd kill Abram. And so he said, tell a lie. He, he didn't protect her. He was a coward. But now he's a fearless warrior, courageous warrior riding out to battle. How is, how is he so different? Well, as we saw last week, he's learned that God is in control. He's learned that God has promised to bless and that nothing can stop that. He's already been helped by God. He's been brought back to the land. God has promised to bless him and so he's free to help others. It's like he's put the mask on himself and he's now breathing the blessings of God. He's free to help others. Wonderfully, he's not shackled by his past failures. That's a wonderful truth for the Christian, isn't it? The, the, the moment we trust in, in the Lord Jesus, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Totally forgiven. The past put behind us, we're able to move forward with Jesus. We don't need to be shackled by our past. And Abraham certainly wasn't. He was set free, wasn't he? He was no longer bound by his cowardly past. But he had a fresh start. And he was victorious. An amazing victory from this, for this old man. 75 plus. And he rides out to rescue his nephew. He looked so weak. And even though Lot was unworthy and in danger, he went. And surely at this point, Abraham is a, is a picture for us of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because did we deserve 
Jesus' help? The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still enemies of God, Christ came to rescue us, to an undeserving people. And he came at great risk to himself, like David Walsh stripping down and diving in. The Lord Jesus Christ was stripped and nailed to a cross for your sake and for mine. He dived in at great risk to himself. And wonderfully, he's brought victory to all God's people, to all who trust him. And if you know that you've been helped by him, that you are then secure, you've put the mask on, you're breathing life, and you're free to help others because you've been helped by him. And like the Good Samaritan, you can help others even if you feel they don't deserve it, even if they're an enemy, even if it feels like it will be risky to your reputation. Or is there anyone you know that needs help at the moment? Could you help? How could you help? But as you help, as you dive in to help, here's the, 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 the last thing for us to see in these next verses, 17 to 24, it's that you need to stay connected to Christ, even as you help. You see, after this battle, Abraham meets two kings, and they couldn't be more different, the king of Salem and the king of Sodom. And the king of Salem there in verse 18 is called Melchizedek, and he brings out bread and wine. Here he refreshes the battle-weary warrior, Abraham. Think of a, a hot summer's day when you've been cutting the silage all day and you're, you're gasping for a drink, for a mug of tea and a, and a, and a sandwich and a bun, and, and then the tea is laid on and it refreshes you. Well, how much more for Abraham, this man over 75, the adrenaline has been pumping through his veins as he's ridden out to battle and he's rescued his nephew. He is gasping. And this king, Melchizedek, the king of Salem, gives him bread and wine. Bread and water would have been refreshing, wouldn't it? But this is bread and wine. This is a royal meal. Wine in the Old Testament was, was for royalty. It was a special, wonderful thing that you had at special celebrations. And it's brought out for the battle-weary warrior. The king of Salem blesses Abraham there in verse 19. Blessed be Abraham by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who's delivered your enemies into your hands. He is the first priest mentioned in the Bible, this character Melchizedek. He's a king and a priest, and he blesses Abraham and tells Abraham this rescue, this deliverance has come from God. Well, how does Abraham respond to him? Verse 20, he gives him a tenth of everything. He honors God's king. He says, you're worthy, and he gives him a tenth of everything. Well, then the other king is Sodom. So there's Salem and there's Sodom. And this king, he's totally different. Whereas Salem gave him bread and wine and blessed him, Sodom, what does he do? Verse 21, he says, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. He's demanding. He's ungrateful. He doesn't say thank you. 
You know what it's like when you're, you're, you're driving along and you, you face another car coming your way and you pull back and you reverse back until you find a little dip somewhere to pull into and the other car just flies by you and they don't even say thank you and you think, oh well, you're, you're, you're welcome. But here, how much more? Abraham has just performed a mighty rescue of all the people and the goods and Sodom just says, give me doesn't even say thank you give me he demands give me the people you can keep the goods it'd be a bit like me turning up on your farm if you're a dairy farmer and saying give, give me the the cows and you can keep the milk <laughs> what right have I got to say that what right has has uh, Sodom got to say this it all belongs to Abraham now he's he's rescued all of this stuff where was the king of Sodom as this happened he was hiding in a pit Verse 10, he was hiding in a bitumen pit. He has nothing to offer, but he tries to tempt Abraham. He tries to tempt him with the riches and says, look, you have it all. You take the plunder. Like Satan offering the kingdom to Jesus, he had no authority to do it. Or like Satan offering to Adam and Eve to be like God, tempting them to turn away. Well, Abraham says... I've made my choice already. I'm going to stick with God. Do you see verse 22? He says, Abraham lifted his, said, to, said to the king of Sodom, I've lifted my hand to the Lord Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that's yours, lest you should say, I've made Abraham rich. Abraham says, I'm sticking with God. He's the possessor of everything. He has everything. I'm sticking with him. And I'm sticking with his king, the king of Salem, Melchizedek. He, he, he met me and he blessed me and he gave me bread and wine. You've met me and you've just demanded from me. I'm sticking with God and his king. And he's going to get the glory. You're not going to be able to say, I've made you rich. Because everyone's going to see it's all come from God. Well, what about us? Will you stick with God's King? Will you stay connected to the lifeline of Jesus Christ? Because the King of Salem here, the King of Peace, is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember in, at the end of Luke's Gospel, Jesus said all of the scriptures were about him. And here's one instance. This King of Salem is a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. King of peace and Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And in the New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 7, we're told that Melchizedek represents the Son of God. He's like a shadow of Jesus there in the Old Testament. He, he's a foreshadowing of Jesus. And just as Melchizedek refreshes the battle-weary warrior with bread and wine, so Jesus says to a weary people, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that what our world needs to hear? An anxious world, a troubled world, to hear Jesus' words that he will give rest. And surely this bread and the wine is meant to make us think of the rest that he gave us through his death, as he gave his body and his blood as he thought not of his own interest but of ours and as he dived into danger and gave of his life 
so that we can live, so we can join in that victory celebration of the bread and the wine in Holy Communion as we remember his death for us. Do you see what a good king Jesus is? He offers eternity. He gives us hope. He meets our deepest need. Why would you go with Sodom over Salem? Why would you choose Sodom over Salem? Last summer we went, we went on holiday to, to Donegal and I'd take my dog for a, a walk on the beach every morning and I'd throw a, throw a ball for him continuously all the way uh, until he, 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 he just about keeled over uh, and his tongue would be sticking out and it would be covered in sand because he'd have been picking up the ball uh, and it, it would have got it all sandy and salty and just occasionally he'd look at the sea and he'd look back at me and then he'd walk up to the sea and he'd sort of sniff it and even though he'd done it the day before he'd, he'd try and he'd just have a little lick and then he'd move back because it couldn't satisfy him it was salt water it just made him more thirsty but when we got back to the holiday house there was a beautiful bowl of fresh water for him to drink from and it gave him life well Sodom is a picture of the world and Satan and it offers so much and we find ourselves drinking at the world but it just makes us more thirsty it doesn't satisfy because the Bible says we've been made for eternity and so when we lap at things here they won't satisfy us the riches the reputation it won't last and it won't satisfy but Jesus offers us like that bowl of fresh water he offers us life he offers a victory meal he he meets us with bread and wine he gives his life that we can have life he gives us what we don't deserve and when you know that you've been helped by him when you've put on the mask in a sense and you're breathing the life that he gives you and you stay connected to him well then like Abraham you're able to help others even at risk to yourself let's pray that we would let's pray Lord God our Father thank you for this King of Salem who gives us a little picture of our Lord Jesus Christ the one who says to his people come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest please forgive us for times we've lapped at the world at the salt water may we find that Jesus is the only one who gives us meaning and refreshment and life and as we come to him and are refreshed by him may we be those who can indeed help others because we're connected to Christ the lifeline in Jesus name we pray Amen Well, our final hymn encourages us to choose Salem over Sodom. It tells us in the second verse that Sodom, the world, sees the cross as nothing. It's despised by the world. A man dying on a cross, it looks so weak, like Abraham, the old man riding out to battle. It looks so weak. But for Salem, it has a wondrous attraction. 
where we see the Lamb of God who, who dived in, left his glory above to bear our sin at Calvary. Let's stand to sing of the old rugged cross, number 236. So I'll cherish the 
trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. We'll join in the words of the grace together. Let's uh, pray this prayer on page six. Together we pray. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you to those online. We'll say goodbye to you.